Hi again, and thanks for joining me for this second part of my podcast on remembering the 80s. I'm Catherine Tresky, and you're listening to And That's My Two Cents Podcast. So in my last episode, I shared some stories from my childhood and some memories that I had from the 80s. And I also rambled on in that episode about the differences that I could recall from the 80s to now, specifically with school, interest rates, things like Cabbage Patch dolls, football, and 80s music. And speaking of 80s music, I don't even think I mentioned in that episode how I remember singing along to Prince's 1999 song, like 1999 was like forever and so far away. And yet here we are in the blink of an eye, long past 1999 and into 2022. So it's really hard to explain, but those who know will know listening to that song and how it kind of made you feel that that was like so far into the future. And when it came to music from the 80s, these new generations will not know the pain that we had to go through to learn the lyrics of a song. I would sit there and hit play on my cassette tape, listen to a couple words, write them down on a piece of paper, stop, rewind, play, make sure I got it right, go a little further, stop, write it down, stop, rewind, play. It was insane. It would take forever and you never knew if you got the words right. I mean, I'm sure I'm still singing songs to this day with the wrong lyrics, but kids nowadays just have the lyrics at their fingertips. So you never had to sit there and try and guess and try and figure it out and hope to God that you got it right. And then all that back and forth and rewinding and stopping and playing and fast forwarding, I mean, it would wear your tape out or even worse, when your tape player would eat the tape, you would have to eject that tape, you would pull that tape out of there and there would be just this mess of tape everywhere. So you'd have to frantically run, find a pencil or something so that you could get into that little gear kind of looking thing and then try and twist that tape back into your cassette so long as it didn't rip. Now I do recall some of the cassette tapes actually coming with the lyrics inside like this little folded up almost piece of paper inside where you would unfold it and you'd have the lyrics to the songs and that was like you won the lottery if the cassette you purchased had those in it. Seriously it was like best day ever. Or you could also record right over top of the music that was on that cassette tape if you wanted to just with a simple piece of scotch tape and yeah that really sucked if you accidentally recorded over top of maybe one of your favorite cassettes, but it could be done. Or you grab that tape that says it is Depeche Mode or something and you put it into the tape player and it's not a, it's not Depeche Mode actually. It is some random recorded songs off of the radio or something like that because, you know, maybe you didn't like Depeche Mode anymore and you didn't have a blank tape. So you used it to record the songs that you did like, but if somebody else grabbed it, or you forgot you did that or you know they plunk that tape in might be a surprise. It might not be exactly what it says on the outside, unless you're super organized and labeled them properly. And most of my tapes were definitely labeled. But hey, that would happen. Anyhow, today I am going to get into um, the entertainment side of things with respect to TV shows, movies, and things like that from that era. Because there's some real classics. And I think um, a really good place maybe to start would be the Saturday morning cartoons. Because unlike now, where you have unlimited access to all cartoons, 
cartoons and all anything you want to watch at any time of day, especially if you subscribe to like a streaming service of some kind. And even if you don't, you still have all of these channel options on cable or satellite. They even have specific channels that are just like kids shows all day, all night, all the time, 24-7. And like I said in my last episode, we had only like three or four channels. Anyhow, back to Saturday morning cartoons. Saturday mornings were the only time we really got to watch those cartoons. So with limited channels comes limited options of what you get to watch. But we had no idea what we were missing because that's just how it was then. And I'd remember getting up in the morning, heading downstairs to the living room to turn on the TV every Saturday morning to try and catch some of those shows. The specific ones I really remember watching, sitting on the floor and in my pajamas right in front of the TV when my mom yelling at me for sitting too close because it was going to, I don't know, ruin my eyes or something. But I remember watching Bugs Bunny, Scooby-Doo, Batman and Robin, and of course those little blue guys called the Smurfs. That was a real favorite. And I remember getting those little figurines of the Smurfs of the various different characters. And I had a nice little collection of those back then. I had to have them all lined up in my room. and But those were like the best. I absolutely love them. I think I'd even get one in my stocking each year for a while. And that was one of my favorite things. I also remember in like the mid 80s watching the Transformers with my little brother. Even though that was really perceived as a show for boys back then, um, I really liked watching the Transformers cartoon. Of course, there was many more classic cartoons from back then, but those are some of the ones that I specifically remember watching in the mornings. Now, there was also the old nursery rhymes and the old tales that we were told as kids. They were from earlier decades, not necessarily, like they're not written in the 80s, but they were continually shared in the 80s, from what I recall, and they're actually quite disturbing when you look back and you read them or listen to them now. Anyone listening remember those books? They came with like a 45 record or, or a cassette tape, some of them, where you'd play it and then you'd hear Tinkerbell make her little sounds so you knew exactly when to turn the page. It was like that read-along stories or something like that. Anyhow, that was Disney, but... I'm pretty sure the nursery rhymes and old tales had similar things like that. But I can't remember what actually prompted you to turn the page, but it doesn't matter. Anyhow, that just popped into my head as I was thinking about these nursery rhymes and stories from back then. But seriously, they were really scary. Our kids will never know the versions of the big bad wolf that we heard. I mean, unless they have one of those old books from back then, or I guess also if they Googled it, they would. How about that witch who had that house made of candy and cooked the kids? I mean, seriously, like cannibalism. Like, thank God we don't continue to read those stories to our kids. I could never look at a forest without being frightened as a child. We should be telling kids about the beauty of nature. And instead, I thought there was witches and goblins and trolls under the bridges. And I was terrified to go in the forest. Somebody was going to steal me, kidnap me, and then cook me. But tiny little confession here. I am totally guilty of teasing my own children when they were young. Anytime that we went past a little bridge or something in the park, I would tease them that there was trolls under it. I should not have done that, but I did. And I'm totally going to blame it on the 80s and us listening to that as we grew up. Also, I should mention that, you know, my oldest is 25 now, so he's not a little kid. So that was a long time ago when I did do that. I know better now. There was also the three blind mice. I mean, they chop off their tails. And like the old story about Rumpelstiltskin, that story's like about captivity and forcing a girl into child labor or slavery, I guess it would be. And if she 
she didn't turn the straw into gold, she was going to be executed. Like, no pressure. And I mean, I'm not making this up. And then, oh, and then there was more. Like, I think she had to trade her firstborn to Rumpelstiltskin or something like that. Anyhow, she marries the king who threatened to kill her. Like, what kind of a message is that sending to kids? I just can't even believe that that was a story that was read to us. Anyhow, again, these were not written in the 80s. They're likely probably from early 1800s or something. But these stories were still being told to us at that time. So how about Mickey Mouse? Like, let's go to a happy place after that little rant I just had. <laughs> but that was not a Saturday morning thing. Those were on on Saturday evenings. And it was called The Wonderful World of Disney. And I loved catching that because each week it would be something different. You could get maybe a few classic Mickey Mouse episodes in a row that would fill that time slot. Or sometimes they would play a Disney movie. I loved it when they played the Disney movies. That was my favorite. And one of my favorite Disney movies from the 80s was The Fox and Hound. I mean, Copper and Todd, who were best buddies. I mean, it was so cute and yet also sad. I mean, Disney does seem to like to pull the heartstrings. And in order to know what was going to be on next, you needed a TV guide, like an actual little book or the newspaper, which would have your local listings in it. None of this guide on the TV and these search functions to see what was on. You actually had to really do it like so manually. And not only did you have to check the guide to know what was on, but you actually had to get up and physically go to the TV to change the channels because we didn't have remotes until later on in the 80s, at least in our house anyways. At least it was around that time, I think. I even remember my parents having like this remote control that had like a long cable that ran from it. Like it wasn't even a battery operated one. It was so bizarre. One of our first introductions to a remote control where you didn't have to go and turn the knob on the TV. It wasn't even for the TV, but more so for some kind of like a cable box or something that was connected to the TV. I don't know. It's really hard to explain. Now, when we're talking about these evening shows, I have to mention the Muppets. I mean, we would watch the Muppet show. We would watch Fraggle Rock. I think Fraggle Rock was somehow affiliated with the Muppets, but I, don't quote me on that. I'm not exactly sure, but they sure seemed like a Muppet type character. But the classic Muppet show now was so much fun to watch, especially when the chef skits would come on because my sister was absolutely terrified of the chef. She would have nightmares about that chef. And I'm so mean that I found that funny and would totally bug her about it. She probably even scared me a little by her reaction since I was uh, a year younger than her. But nonetheless, I'm pretty sure that I would use that against her any chance I got to bug her or tease her. And we all fell in love with the Fraggles because they were so cute. Now, when it comes to TV shows that are not like animated or cartoons or Muppets or that sort of thing, the ones that I would watch that kind of stick out in my head was The Love Boat, Fantasy Island, which were always back to back. I remember watching them in a row. But there was also Welcome Back Hotter, which might have started in the 70s, actually. But I remember watching it in the 80s. And then there was also like Three's Company. That was so funny. But one really memorable one was Knight Rider, which really launched David Hasselhoff into like superstardom with his souped up talking Trans Am. I found that show so fascinating and not because he was out there fighting crime or whatever the heck he did, but because he could talk to his car. And that was some high tech car that he was driving called Kit, which I recently found out actually stood for something. It's an acronym. I had no idea that it was an acronym for Knight Industries 2000. So just a fun fact for you there. And One Day at a Time was another super favorite of mine. Schneider, the janitor, would always make me laugh. And I wanted to not just be like Valerie Bertinelli, but I sure wanted to look like Valerie Bertinelli back then. I think she was just one of my favorite. And she was one of those stars whose posters I'm pretty sure graced the walls of both the boys and the girls. But I really, really liked that show. And then there was like Different Strokes, Fresh Prince from Bel-Air. Those are a couple other shows that could really make you laugh out loud. And just like I was mentioning with the Transformers being considered a show 
show for boys when I was young. I mean, but I loved it, like I said. There was also MacGyver. It seemed to really, I think, be gearing up for a male-dominated audience. But I love that show as well. Because he could make a bomb out of a paper clip in a plastic bag or something crazy like that. Like, he'd always find a way into a sticky situation. But then he somehow found a way out of that situation by creating some amazing thing that would get them out of there. I don't know. It was so entertaining. And you always wondered what the hell he was going to come up with. And that show never failed to deliver. And so came the term, let's just MacGyver it whenever we needed to think outside of the box or be crazy creative with something or rig something up. We would just say, hey, let's just MacGyver it. Now, The Littlest Hobo was a show that I didn't like to miss either. That dog was just my hero. I just fell in love with that dog. There was no mystery that dog couldn't solve or something he couldn't, or someone I should say he couldn't save from danger. I think this might have been a Canadian show. Therefore, some listeners may not know what I'm talking about. But hey, Google it and you'll find it. It kind of reminded me of Lassie or like a spinoff of Lassie or something like that. Now, I'm sure everyone listening knows the name Robin Williams. But what I'm not sure is if everyone knows he really started his rise to fame on the show Mork and Mindy. He was the Martian named Mork from Ork and he was absolutely hilarious. And Mindy was his human roommate slash friend who he was totally like smitten with. And I think they may even end up together in the end. So the human ends up together with the Martian. But that was where I first saw Robin Williams. And of course, he went on to become like one of the best comedic actors in history up until his death. And the 80s really brought us those nighttime soap operas. Um, There was four main ones, Dynasty, Dallas, uh, Knott's Landing, and Falcon Crest. And these were massive hit shows and super entertaining, which made them so successful, of course. And I'm sure anyone that was alive in the 80s was asking who shot JR. I mean, who can forget that? And the cat fights seem to be like a staple scene in these shows. It's almost like reality shows now, like Real Housewives these days, could honestly be mistaken for like spinoffs of these nighttime soap operas with all the cat fights that go on in those. And of course, there was Cheers, a super hot show on TV and was one of the longest running TV shows until just recently where The Simpsons surprisingly have taken that spot. Like, can you believe it? The Simpsons have been around since 1987 and they're still producing new episodes from what I know. And another sitcom that I think I better uh, mention because I'm sure my father would be upset if I didn't is Married with Children, which started in the late 80s. This is one of my dad's favorites and many others as the show did very well. I'm sure many people have this as a favorite. And Al Bundy kind of, he was like a shock character, almost kind of like an Archie Bunker type character is what he reminded me of. And of course, his lazy wife Peg combined with his attitude. They were absolutely hilarious, yet highly controversial. Now, I've talked a lot about TV shows, I think, and I only scratched the surface, really, of the number of great shows from the 80s. But let's get into some great movies now from the 80s, because growing up in our small little town, there was this small little movie theater there, and we'd always get the movies after they were released in the big city. But hey, we waited because you could get admission to the movie and a popcorn and a drink, all with my like $2.50 allowance. And I would even have change yet. So it was super cheap to go to see the movie there. So hitting that little theater has a lot of memories attached to it for me. But hey, if we're going to start talking about movies from the 80s, I want to start with Back to the Future movies because good old Michael J. Fox as Marty McFly and his friend Doc who built that time machine out of their DeLorean. I mean, those movies were great. It made me think that maybe one day we would be able to actually travel back in time. And it really made me think long and hard about, you know, if I could, would I? Like, would I take the risk of completely changing the path that I'm on right now. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of things I'd want to do differently if I could go back in time. But 
then where I'm at now wouldn't really exist. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of happy with where I'm at at this point in my life. So if I was younger, I would have totally jumped in that DeLorean and went back in time. But as I am now, I don't think that I would. Anyhow, I'm getting too deep here in this, in this episode. So let's jump to Ralph Macchio. There was just something about him. I think I really fell for him in his role in The Outsiders. And I cried and cried and cried when he died in that movie. I was so heartbroken. Sorry, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie, but I really don't know if you can use spoiler alert for a movie from the 80s when we're in 2022. But hey, if you haven't seen it, sorry, but still watch it. It's a really good movie with a cast that all seemed to become like major A-list actors. And yeah, he went on to do like The Karate Kid, and uh, which was another fantastic movie as well. There was also lots of other classics to mention, like The Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller's Day Off and St. Almost Fire, like all classic movies that launched a lot of those actors into the limelight as well. These movies had young stars who became really big, like Matthew Broderick, Demi Moore, um, Rob Lowe, Emilio Estevez, people like that. They were all in these movies and went on to do, you know, so many other movies and become super big. And then speaking of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, not only was that movie hilarious, but it was like an exact replica of my biology teacher in high school. I couldn't take that class seriously. Every time he would talk, I'd just be thrown into these scenes from the movie in my head and didn't retain a damn thing thanks to his boring monotone voice. I literally slept through almost every single one of those classes. No joke, totally fell asleep. I had to even borrow uh, the girl that sat at the same table with me. I had to borrow her binder just before the exam because I hadn't taken a single note. Not one damn page of notes did I take. And all he did was recite to us. And all we would do is write notes. Like it was a total snoozer class. Anyhow, I had to take her binder, photocopy all her notes, read up on everything and hopefully pass that exam. And I did pass the exam in case you're wondering, thank goodness. But how ridiculous. Anyhow, shout out to Lisa for letting me photocopy all of her notes. Now, how about Field of Dreams? That was such a good movie and Kevin Costner rose up to the top of my favorite actors list with that one. Also, I should probably jump in just a teeny tiny bit into the horror movie hits from the 80s because, well, they seem to actually still be around. It's crazy to think that this generation knows about Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, but they do. How about The Exorcist? Now, it was from the early 70s, but I didn't have my experience with that movie until probably early 80s. I wasn't allowed to watch it, I don't believe, because I was young. But I'm pretty sure it was my grandma who was over. Now, she was either there watching us because my parents were on holidays, or they were out, or she was just staying with us for the night or something. I don't know, but she was there. I'm sure of it. And she was watching it, I believe, in the living room. And I snuck downstairs and kind of crawled along the floor till I could peek around the corner from the kitchen into the living room room where she wouldn't see me and I watched some of The Exorcist and it absolutely terrified me so um, I should not have done that which is probably the reason why my parents didn't want me watching it but anyhow serves me right because I did something that I wasn't supposed to do and yeah it turned around and haunted me for quite some time. And a franchise not requiring me to explain in any detail is Star Wars but the first trilogy did come to theaters in the 80s and well no more to say here because Star Wars is obviously still going strong. Now let me end this episode with my all-time favorite movie which was Top Gun. 
I had that movie on VHS. I had bought it and would watch it over and over and over again. Like, I am not kidding. I could recite every single word of that entire movie. I know, I was a loser with apparently nothing better to do, but hey, Maverick and Goose in my mind were the best, and that movie even had me wanting to become a fighter jet pilot at the time. I was even into, like, assembling model airplanes. I'd have framed pictures of F-15s and F-18s on the wall of my bedroom. And while I'm not a fighter pilot, in case you were wondering, but... I bet you I wasn't the only one who considered that career thanks to that movie. True story. I should watch that movie again and see if I remember all my lines. I can't remember why I went into the damn kitchen or why I went down into the basement on any given day, but I can probably remember the lines of that movie. Just like somehow I can remember all the lyrics to all of the songs from the 80s somehow. Like, what a stupid brain I have. Well, thanks for listening to me ramble on. I mean, there is so much more that I didn't even touch on. And like other events that happen, movies, other music, etc. Like I could probably do like eight episodes if I wanted to really cover it all, but I won't. I need to talk about other random shit in my podcast as well. But in these past couple episodes, they've really, really made me think like, where has the time gone? How could we be in the year 2022 already? I just really can't believe it, to be honest. Anyhow, I will end there and just say how much I appreciate all you loyal listeners. I see you guys are going in there and downloading my episodes every chance you get. So I really, really appreciate that. Now I'm going to put a link in my show notes to a book about the 80s. It's a small book. It's a real easy read if you'd like to, you know, read more about it or just take a little bit of a walk down memory lane. Or maybe you just want to buy it to have it as a kind of keepsake for your or maybe for your kids or maybe for your grandkids. So anyhow, check out the show notes if you want to um, purchase that and just click the link. It'll take you right there. So I will sign off with your friendly reminders to download this episode. And hey, go back and download the other ones if you haven't already or set it up to automatic download if you can and share it widely. Also remember, you can follow me on Instagram at and that's my two cents. And Remember to listen next time because I'm going to be talking about the homeless. I have to talk about it in this next episode. It was not my planned next episode, but I have to give you my two cents on this topic because I just experienced something the other day that has really been bothering me and I need to get that off my chest and I will do that in the next episode because I'm pretty sure in one of my other episodes I had mentioned that this podcasting thing is kind of therapeutic for me. I think I mentioned it. If I didn't, then well, hey, I'm saying it right now. I find this very therapeutic, so hey. Just tune in then and uh, you will hear what has been seriously bothering me about the homeless. So thanks so much for listening. 